Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Our campaign is The Curse of Nineveh. It was written by Mike Mason, Mark Latham, Scott Dorward, and Paul Fricker, and it's available from the Chaosium website. I'm the GM, and this is Episode 8. Our recap will be given by David. So, without any further delaying, let's continue our journey into the darkness. David? Thank you. Well, it's been uh, a few months since we committed what remains of Peter Simpkins to Bedlam. The poor fellow's experiences uh, on the dig at Nineveh and since then have unbound his mind altogether. He did suggest to us that the Temple of Naboo is being rebuilt. And given that our friend Vadim was accosted by uh, one of the red-turbaned fellows who call themselves the Children of Tranquility, threatened to keep out of their way, it seems very much as though there's a cult of Naboo that is alive and well all these thousands of years later. I continued to have increasingly terrifying nightmares, scarcely slept at all. And we determined that in some wise there was a relationship between possessing the golden idol and my condition. In the intervening time, we've proven that to be the case. As each of us hands the idol off to, an, off to one another, they are plagued by increasingly terrible nightmares. There is a curse of Nineveh, and we are bearing it. Not for much longer, I think. All right. So my first question to you is, how have we been handling the statue? What are we doing with it? It's, uh, we're, we're covering the next three months. This game will begin, this, this story be takes place, begins again on October 25th. So up until now, what are we doing with that statue? I believe Fuller had it to begin with when we when we last left. He had taken it originally, taken possession. Uh, after that, I took it with me to my place. And in order to thin out the number of number of nights in a row that each of us had to have it, I went ahead and incorporated my staff into the rotation and each of my staff took possession, then handed it to the next both. Uh, all three, Belvedere, Benson, and Hoke, all took turns. I took one extra turn at the end before passing it forward. So we'll say five days each. Uh, so five, 10, 15, 20, and 21 days. Uh, Fuller, you had it for five days. Uh, so uh, we're past 30. We still have 60 days or so, or a few, a few days to go. Um, Vadim, you probably took it for a, a week, Cyrus for a week, and then you probably started your rotation again. And you found that on the second rotation around, the dreams were much worse, and uh, you slept a lot less. However, 
in the interim, you also managed to gain back sanity. So you've lost sanity and gained it. And the experience is exhausting. In fact, you've developed an extreme aversion to actually taking your turn with the statue. So we'll say as 90 days approaches, what are you going to do with this nasty little statue? Kind of I've a conflict got... of interest with me because it's, uh, I want to learn more about this, but because this aversion's on, it's really kind of bothering me and it's also bothering my uh, research into it and my uh, little uh, cards and string uh, sort of investigative uh, stuff that I got going in my study, which has increased since uh, the last time. And um, it's, it's got me, it's got me on edge and you guys have probably noticed me a little bit more on edge and a little bit crankier. Well, you're all crankier and on edge. So, None of you wants to take the next, the next round. So here's a question. Uh, have we experimented with a uh, blind passage? So we get six identical wooden casks and weight them and, one, and we hand them around so one, no one knows who has the statue of Nabu. Uh, I think we could have done that in the mix. Because I'd like to know whether you have to be a willing acceptor of it or not. Because my fantasy Same at here. this point is to get it to Reginald Campbell Thompson, but not let him know that. Well, Put it in his cellar or mail something to him with it inside or hide it in his office. It or, seems, at least from your experience now that you've sort of developed, that it can be given kind of as a gift or it's whoever is in possession of it, whoever it belongs to at the moment. So it doesn't matter whether it's in your, in your house or in the, the bank. If, if you are the one who has it, then it's yours. So if you did a blind, blind casket test, yeah, whoever picked the casket ends up with the dreams. I wonder if Campbell Thompson has a, a country home. We could mail the damn thing to him. Let him go mad for a week or two. But I wonder if he would have to accept it, like touch it. Even though he's not physically touching and touching the package. Well, the thing is, is that he would have no reason to be a, an aversion. He's probably seen it if it mm -hmm. came from the dig that he was working on. He'd probably say, oh, what is this doing here? And just take it. In fact, if you, well, if you just left it in the British Museum, somebody would say, oh, what's this doing here? That's been missing since such and such a time before Glossop that, died. That brings up an interesting idea. I mean, it's not doing any of us any favors by being in possession of it. Why not give it back to the museum? Because if that's the key and the museum has the stone that is the gate, then when those two come together for their presentation or their, their display, then that opens the gate that lets all the shit through. Something bad would happen. Definitely we don't want to. Yes, if we believe what poor Mads Simpkins had to say. Um, has the exhibition at the museum opened yet? No. 
It's a long way off. It's a lot of work they have to do. I think we could bear, grin and bear it a little while longer until we could figure out a better plan. I mean, I don't want to, but I think we have to. I still need to do some research in it to it so that I get a better idea of how this curse works. If if you continue to possess the statue, your constitution is going to start dropping, your dexterity is going to start dropping and everything. You're not getting sleep. Yes, I think this. we're having this meeting at the club because there's been a crisis yeah. in the passing of the thing back and forth, not just because it's interesting. This item um, continues to confound me and my studies. Just when I think I've got an idea of what it's about, there's something else. But uh, I do ask, you, you do seem to get uh, portent of uh, impending doom with this item, like something is maybe coming. Am I correct on this? Yes. With it, you before? Absolutely. It doesn't matter what the scene is that takes place. There's just some deeply malevolent, unstoppable force getting... Closer and closer. See, that's that's what conflict lies with me. Is that it? It, it seems like curse on one end, but it also seems like uh, you are you are getting a warning too. That 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 uh, all the more wanting to take it away and keep it away from from something. Best way I could put it, it's like something is on uh, coming up, and it's warning us. It's got it's coming as well as inflicting this this whole curse on us. And Very confounding. Us. Very confounding. I am confounded. Yes. Yeah, so, so the idea of punishing Campbell Thompson with it is attractive, except for when he finally does take notice of the fact that he's got the thing, in which case he's going to presumably introduce it to the museum, if not introduce the key to the gate, because I don't entirely feel certain that he's not interested in fulfilling some prophecies. I'm, I'm against taking this thing to the museum, and because if this is key gate, that could open up things that are even worse than this curse. Question for the keeper. We've had no other um, incidents with the uh, red turban or uh, children of tranquility? There have been a number of incidents where you thought maybe you caught a glimpse of someone, uh, but you don't know if that was your paranoia or not. You're also not sure you're not seeing other uh, types like the other fellows that are keeping an eye out on things but you've had no direct encounters with anyone. Okay. Nor, and you, I'm sure you're looking in newspapers and things like that. And you're, you're, you're in the capital of the British empire. So there's a lot of crime and stuff going on all the time. You're reading the, the London times and so forth, but nothing that strikes you as unusual yet. And you've probably by this time gotten preoccupied with your own, jobs, your own hobbies. You've tried very hard to forget that damn statue, which I think psychologically by now you hate. You hate that fucking statue. <laughs> I have I have suggestion, gentlemen, that um, 
this this may be uh, going out on limb, as they say, but uh, why not take the statue back to Temple of Naboo? Take it all out of the equation. Put it back where it belongs. It, that's actually a great idea. I think that's a great idea. Get it all out, 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 out of our hair. Put it back. Or... Or besides that, if we need to hold, keep it in London for a while, maybe we could get, um, I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank on his name, uh, the um, Thompson. Get mm -hmm. it to Thompson, somehow get him in possession of it, then take it out to the Thames, tie a rock on it in a spot we know where to find it again, and sink it. Well, if it's gold, we can melt it down. Yeah, that's we don't that's, know repercussions of destroying it. Yeah, that's the problem. Now, the idea of hacking it to bits and throwing it into a smelter is quite appealing, maybe with some pig iron. But uh, maybe that will just mean that the last person involved in that process will end up like uh, poor Peter. Well, we've and all that, been exposed to it. It could all be that the, the backlash from that could because uh, we're dealing with universal forces here the backlash could come in to all of us we're all connected to it and we could all become like Peter Sipkin we could find somebody who's willing to hold on to it for a substantial fee that will be given to his family listen you mean his family after he goes mad correct Mm, I do that's not a, like these. That's a rather cruel gesture toward a very desperate person, I should think. Now, money's usually not an item to me, not a factor, but if we're going to give somebody a solid gold statue, I'm not going to pay them to take it. Well, I'm not saying give it away. Here, hold this for the next two or three or months or a year. Something might happen to you. Your family will get 5,000 pounds. It's off of our shoulders for a while. I just don't want the thing back at my house. My, my staff is pissed. I'm cranky, which I'm usually not. I'm usually a very polite, much like you, Cyrus. Actually, I forgot to ask, but one of you, who of you right now has the possession of it? I think okay. it was me. Right, Unless sorry, Vlad yeah. was... Um, probably, I probably had it before you for the second time and gave it to you then after that. Yeah, we'll just say Cyrus has it. That's good. So Cyrus here especially don't want it anymore. I say take it back to the Temple of Naboo. We take it all out of our, our troubles, all out of our everything. And if it is part of Kate and Key and stuff, Key's back where it belongs and they're going to have to go through effort to try to, to deal with it and they'll pick it up and have the nightmares and stuff on their own end. Well, to be fair, uh, in that regard, I think it would be simpler to post an advertisement that said, uh, dear children of tranquility, items available at post office box X or whatnot, and let them take it back to Iraq themselves rather than go there and there you go. Face there the you go. Let's, 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 let's give violence. it to the red turbans, let them have it there. It's, it's shouldn't be any of our concern. The problem with that, of course, is that these are people who cut off hands and feet and, and write cruel messages and shove them into the mouths. To of those who, to those who are thieves, but to those who return. Well, I'm not saying you're afraid of them. I'm saying that they're yeah. monsters. They can be, but perhaps they're, that they're taking things in the extreme. And if we return, then there would be such an issue. 
no reason for hacking. Right. But also, again, we've all been long fascinated with the occult, uh, if not true believers. Now we all know that curses are real. Do we really yes. want to give a bunch of maniacs who are rebuilding an, a temple to an ancient god the statue they desire? That seems well. Unwise. How do we know that they're that they're rebuild? They are the ones rebuilding the temple. It exactly. could be that other group that we're we've been discussing. I suspect. Yeah, sorry, please. I was just going to say it seems that the British Museum is rebuilding the temple, and from what I take, whether they're bastards or not, the ch children of tranquility are trying to stop that from happening. I, I think if any of us hold on to it for another few months, we'll be cutting people's hands and feet off. Let's keep in mind, too, that the whole thing was in place and put together wherever they found it before they tore the son of a bitch apart and brought it here. So if we take it back mm -hmm. there, whether it's put back together or not, nothing's going to change because we didn't know anything about it before they broke it apart and brought it here. Am not necessarily. It could be that everything was established and then now it's all jumbled up because they took it out and brought it over. What I mean is when they opened the, when they found mm -hmm. the, the temple, mm -hmm. they were the first ones to find it. It was all put together. Otherwise you have no idea how it goes together, right? Mm. So if it's good there, let's let our delivery guys, the children of tranquility, keep the tranquility and take it back to Nineveh and we can get back to doing what we do, which is read books and enjoy our money. I agree. I vote for the At this point, I, I have to agree. Otherwise, I'd say no, but the, with all this trouble we've been having, let's, let's, let's go with that. Reginald, what do you think? Fuller? I'm, I'm at a loss. I mean, I have a few suggestions, but I admit that they're probably not uh, the humane way to do it, but well, let's bring it to the table. I, I think we're about to vote to quit. I mean, we could we could just get someone who doesn't know anything and pawn the statue off on them for the time being and let them take the brunt of the curse. Well, again, we're um, speculating about what it means actually to possess something. If we just shove it in someone's basement, is it theirs? But also, I think that driving a random Londoner mad every few weeks or months is going to exact a toll on us, ultimately. But aren't yeah. we paying would the be toll already? Well, I think the problem is that we've been charged with a responsibility that we didn't understand or we accepted it. Uh, but the responsibility is still ours. Uh, I'd also be willing to try cutting the damn thing into five pieces and seeing whether that each of us had one, whether we all continued to suffer or whether we all ceased to. It might be that the shape of the figure is important. Just the symbol in the bottom alone might be the thing that's acting on us. Symbol or shape or whatever it is which we've had no uh, inkling about at all this time. I actually I'm thought about that same that. thing. Would we have 20% of the dreams that we're currently having if we cut <laughs> I think I hear God laughing. <laughs> we've, pleased, we've pleased her. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. I do I have mean, one again, other zany please. If you if you guys have a moment. The price, fellow, or uh, Reginald Price. Is that, I believe I keep getting him. Reginald Campbell Thompson? There you go. Or mm-hmm. no, you mean the, Theodore Theodore Rayburn Price? Mm-hmm. Your patron? Who's yes, who's our friend, or Reginald Campbell Thompson, who is the fellow at the museum who's been such a bastard. Who do we want to stick with the statue? Oh, Thompson. Thompson should be having right. his nightmares. He's the one who brought the damn thing back. All right. So Thompson, what we do, and, and this is just a zany idea here. We make a wine cask, much like you mentioned, but make it look like a wine cask. Shove the uh, statue in there so that it just feels and looks like a cask of wine. Also take him a sample, and it can be the absolute worst tasting, horrid garbage water. We can get it right out of the sewer. But have him <laughs> sip it. And, say, and for us, it's the best thing we ever had, a gift for him for bringing such a fantastic thing back from, from such a faraway place. Here, we'd like to present you with this cask of wine from wherever. We are all smart. We got plenty of books. We'll make up some kind of bullshit to put on it and say it's fancy wine. He's going to taste it. It's going to taste like hell. He'll never drink it, but he'll willingly accept it because it's a gift. And it'll just sit wherever he puts it. But we won't have to worry about him touching it. And then we can see if he goes nuts. And if he does, then that's that's fine. That's that's his punishment for what he's done. But it's out of our hands. It'll never be found unless somebody wants to drink that sewer water, which is exactly what it would be. Well, produce. we don't have to give give sewer water. I got some uh shall we say some spoiled uh casks in my in my uh, wine cellar. We there can you go. Give him some of that. Well, I was I'd rather something. not kill him. Right. And also he might, you know, discard the thing with disgust. I was thinking something more like, what if we uh, found a sculptor to make a bust of Mr. Reginald Campbell Thompson out of clay and we put the damn thing inside that or have it built around the thing. And then we gift it to him, and in his pride and arrogance, he puts it on his mantelpiece. It'll probably take him a while to figure out, but the nightmares he has increasingly are because of a bust of himself. I like that one, too. That's actually really nice. And then if we yeah. need it, we know where to go get it. Right, and it's retrievable. True. It's intact inside the thing. And we can bust off clay, and it's not going to hurt the gold. Right, with a little care. We could even put it in something inside the, inside the sculpture. You know, that just sounds crazy. It might work. It's an interesting expression. I think that might catch on. Uh, this whole thing's been does anybody, crazy. Does anyone know a poor artist who will uh, sculpt a bust of a stranger around a, around a mysterious box that he never opens? I might know a gentleman who might be able to accommodate us. That would be a large bust for sure, though. He's a well, large the statue, it isn't that big. You know, when you consider if you include even a bit of the torso, you know, if it went up through the neck into the head, I think it would be easy to pass off as life size or not much bigger. The only thing is, is could we trust somebody when we handed them a solid gold statue? Oh, we'd give it to them in a box and we'd supervise the work. And that way, since it was in a box, 
in, in fabric, you know, we couldn't assure that it was recoverable and undamaged. You know, I mean, whatever, between like us, it. we could afford to, to pay somebody to be scrupulous. And they're not going to believe that it's a cursed, you know, several thousand year old golden idol. We just, yeah, we can't let it get out of sight too far, too long. Well, we could have, we could have the best uh, put together so that uh, we could assemble it and then, uh, you know, properly uh, paint and varnish it over and uh, you would be able to tell. And I'm sure you, even if you tell the sculptor, oh, what's in the box? Oh, it's a thousand year old cursed object. <laughs> yeah, funny. And he goes about his work. H hide in plain sight. Yep. So there you go. We can either All right. quit. We can it either seems we have box. found a consensus. Unless anybody else has a better idea. I'm, I'm still open, but this sounds good. The only other thing I could think of, I said, find somebody with consumption, give it to him, and when he goes crazy, we give his family 500 pounds. Mm. The guy's going to die anyway. He's got consumption. We're doing him a favor and his family a flaw. We're doing his family a favor. And we're doing him a favor by allowing him to be able to pay, make sure his wife and children eat for the next ten, five years. Hmm. Or we can just give it to the children of tranquility and come back here for a fine whiskey. That works too. And a sandwich. Hmm. Now, the question is, is how do we give it to the children of tranquility that don't yeah. know we have it? They're hanging out at Vadim's house, aren't they? <clears throat> Not exactly. You didn't, tell, you didn't tell them you wanted to talk to them? I did, but I haven't heard anything back or any indications that they wanted to, uh, to meet up. Again, I don't think that it'll take them very long to notice an advertisement that mentions the children of tranquility. Uh, I don't even think they would... Um, you know, and again, we can put it. We can put it in a uh, position it somewhere that we can, that can, uh, we could pass it off to them without even meeting the crazy bastards. We could uh, uh, put. But do we want them to have it? That's the question. That is a good question because we don't know this because much. a member of the club was brutally murdered. Yes, and, and we stranger, don't have... And we got it because Archie Glossop was also brutally murdered. Mm -hmm. Do we want to reward these people? Or are they not as bad as Guido? And the, this whole matter of... What did they call? What was on the note in his mouth? Uh, anyway. The, uh, the thieves or the... Uh, yeah, whatever the word was they used, whatever. yeah. Yes. I mean, in a sense, we are perpetuating that theft. So if we return it to them, perhaps there, perhaps there is a resolution there. Maybe they're actually really nice people. We don't know that. That's the problem. We don't know very much about them. We're only we, making... We've seen a few corpses. They're not very nice people. Yes. I, I, I'm, I'm not defending them, but if somebody broke into my house or my... I'm not a very religious man, but say my church and stole a crucifix and st stole the poor box. I might not cut off his hands and feet, 
but over there, if you steal a loaf of bread, they cut your hand off. That's true, uh, but you also got to keep in mind that it's uh, it, we're dealing with an occult situation here, which increases the, um, shall we say, the, the risk factor. Right, but now by us taking possession of this item, we're all suffering. They were eliminating the people who stole the item, thus spreading the curse. I'm not defending them, but I think there's a method to their madness. Why did they never... It doesn't matter what they're doing. If they cut off the person's hands and feet, maybe by our standards, that's wrong. But I seem to recall having to clean out Cyrus's car a couple of times. So it's not like our hands are clean here. But the real question is, are they for or against us? I mean, you see what I'm saying? Are they the bad guys that want to bring about the the connection uh, and bring back the old God? Are they just wanting to try to keep things safe? I mean, they're called the children of tranquility. That's so what I was that thinking. to me that they're trying to keep the peace. It sounds peaceful to me. And another note, when I was in Egypt for a few months, I saw a stoning. It was God-awful, but they took stones and threw them at this guy until he was dead, and it was socially acceptable. Yeah, I don't know what go. he did. I didn't ask what he did. I saw it, and I left, but I did see it. So it's a different kind of world. If your only tool is a hammer, every problem is a nail. And cutting off their hands, that's just another nail. Duh. Although, again, we have the matter of, I mean, I think Vadim points at the important thing. If the children of tranquility, if the tr tranquility they seek is in the return of Naboo to rule over the earth, I think we do not want them to have the statuette. Agreed. If they are the contrary, if they are the keepers of some secret that has been trying to prevent this consummation, for all these years, but we don't have any idea which of those things is the case. That Except that they're willing to act with extreme violence, which is concerning. But okay, we have to get well, rid of it. Here's we have question. to get rid of it. It's tearing us to pieces. Here's a question. Now that we actually have a name for this group, what about a history check or an occult check to see if we have heard of them kind of get an idea of what side they're on. None of you have. Not in the last three months. They're really, they're really much the uh, epitome of the secret society. I think we something need is to... telling me that this is a dead end. So it might just be. We might need to try and have a face to face with them. I don't see a whole lot of people wearing red hats, so we're going to be pretty. They're going to be pretty easy to find if they're out there. You, even again, if they if they don't always go about costumed, if we place a, a notice in the public papers uh, describing the object in brief, then we should receive immediate attention. Yeah, we don't, but it, we don't want to describe it so well that uh, that Campbell Thompson notices, but. Yeah, but that might not be the kind of attention we want. 
we if we want them to get their attention, we want to get it so that we could to discuss with him, find out right. what they're about. Right. We won't be saying, uh, please drop by the Wentworth Club. We are Mr. Matthews, Harcourt, Gamata, Finley, and Albright. We'll be saying, uh, you know, to, the, to, the, to, to those of you children of tranquility who are interested in a certain missing artifact, please meet us at Trafalgar Square at precisely at noon on Saturday, the, whatever next Saturday is. And then we can have you know, we can bring armaments, we can meet with a small group, we can address them publicly and try to get a sense of what their intentions are. We could we take the thing. We could, but at the same time, they've already gathered us under suspicion. They might just decide to uh, visit us. Yes, but again, if we, it's just a public advertisement, I don't see how they'd associate that with us. Well, well they already know us because they showed up at Vlad's house. I'm sure he's not the only one they, that. They didn't just look into him. I'm sure they know who all of us are. Well, they definitely know where his house is. So let's send him there yes. to pick it up. No, but I like the, f the fact of meeting in a very public place at a very busy time. Um, at the very least, it'll deter, might deter mass violence on their part. Well, and also importantly, we won't take the damn thing with us. Oh, of course not. So if they just if they decide to pull out hatchets or whatnot and go at us, they'll leave empty-handed, as it were. And we can make that clear. Well, as long as we make it clear that we wish to talk. Yeah. yeah so be in the parlay. And I'm sure from the story you you told us, I, the guy had to have hear, heard you yell out to him. We wish to. I speak. have. I've been expecting them to. Uh, show up or send them notice, but they haven't. Have any of you felt that you've seen something here and there? Because I felt like maybe I saw one in a crowd here and there, but... During the days after which I've taken hold of the damn thing, I see faces leering at me from every shadow and corner. You know, there's also That's another the option, too. Let's assume that they want this statue really bad if we went to go see mr schlonshager again surely that they are watching like antique dealers and storefronts that that would be moved through we don't know though whether the people that uh mr schlonshager thought he saw were Red Turbans or Guido's friends? No, maybe not. But I'm saying is, is surely if they're looking for this artifact, you're going to scout out people who are going to interact with it. Right, but not, why not just invite them to conversation rather than go back and forth to Schweinsaggers hoping that they notice us and then yeah. they notice only one of us at a time and they just come to our home in the middle of the night. Why not say, meet me at noon? I didn't, uh, From St. Paul's Cathedral. Yes, didn't Schweinsteiger say that he wanted nothing to do with the thing? That doesn't mean, I mean, put yourself in their position. Would you not be looking at pawn shops and the like um, that would deal in antiquities? Right, but they oh, might true. be reading newspapers too, as a matter of course. Yeah, well, it just seems much more that. direct, Occam's Razor style. That, and it's not going to hurt us any, and then fall back on Schweinsteiger if nothing else. I just don't want any more of the dreams. 
any more than yeah. no, no more of the dreams. I don't want it back at my house. I don't care if we put the son of a bitch on the side of the road with a sign that says for free. <laughs> I don't want it back at my house. We need to get rid of this thing. Excuse me, says uh, yeah, Sykes has walked into the room. He says, uh, Mr. Rayburn Price uh, is in his uh, study upstairs, and he's asked if, uh, if you're available. He would like to speak with you all. Certainly, most, uh, most welcome. Do you care to join us here, or is he inviting us up to the... Oh, he's inviting you up, sir. Very good. Thank you, Sykes. Very good. Finishing our drinks and going upstairs. Yes. Okay. Um, so you 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 go upstairs. Uh, Mr. Rayburn Price is in his usual high-backed leather armchair uh, next to a roaring fire. He's enjoying a large cup of tea and a plate of toasted muffins. Um, ah, gentlemen, thank goodness you're here. Please come inside. Uh, sit down. Um, yes, yes. Have some tea. Uh, I don't really have any news, but there is a development that I thought you should uh, be aware of. Um, have you read this morning's uh, edition? He points to the newspaper setting you know, on, the, on the couch. Um, he says, look on the page three. Uh, the item, gentlemen, is titled Shocking Murder in North Kensington. The battered and lifeless body of a North Kensington resident was discovered by a patrolling officer, police officer, close to midnight on 23rd October. The victim, later named as Mr. Tilbury Pine of St. Quentin Avenue, was believed to have been taking an evening stroll along Oxford Gardens when he was set upon by an unknown assailant. Mr. Tilbury Pine suffered numerous blows to the head and is believed to have fallen to the curb, whereupon he received further assaults to his person, culminating in his death. Kensington police are calling for witnesses to come forward who may have noticed an altercation on Oxford Gardens between 11 and 12 o'clock on the 23rd October. Yes, now this doesn't mean much to you at the moment. Uh, no, I don't know the name. It's a large city and crime happens all the time. But the reason I bring it up is because, well, I have a friend. Um, Shall we say he's a private collector? Um, he keeps a modest but valuable collection within his home. Uh, apparently, on ex it's it's on the same street that uh, this Mister Mister uh, Tilsbury Pine was murdered, and on that same night, it would seem that somebody broke into his collection and destroyed it smashed everything that he has. However, my friend says that there was no way in or out of the room. This is a veritable Sherlock Holmes story, uh, the locked room mystery. The other thing is, is that I thought that you might be the best ones to investigate this, as it might have some bearing on our our other investigation, because he does collect some Assyrian artifacts. And um, he hasn't gotten the police involved for obvious reasons. He doesn't always ask the provenance of the artifact that he gets and where he gets it from. 
but uh, honestly, he's a very good man. He's not a bad man. He just has a certain viewpoint on how he gets, uh, yeah, how he collects things. Um, so what I would like is for you to investigate. However, I, I need your reassurance that you won't get the police involved. You need to be very discreet if you are to investigate this. We have had some need this year to be quite discreet ourselves and avoid police contact regarding certain matters. I see an objection in this case, gentlemen. Well, all right then. Uh, I also should tell you that this isn't the first incident. Now that this has happened, I've done a little bit of research and found that there are a number of other possible similar incidents that took place. Um, my friend is named, sorry. Um, my friend is named Mr. Uh, Andrew Noble. His uh, address is 68 Oxford Gardens, North Kensington, W10. Uh, it's not far from the, uh, the tube station. Um, I've known him for eight years at least. I know that he has a great deal of interest in Egyptian and Assyrian artifacts. Um, the other fellow that, uh, that I read about apparently was broken into uh, sometime earlier in the month, uh, and that's uh, Mr. Matthew Smiley. Uh, he's of uh, Seven Craven Hill, W2. Uh, but I would suggest that you visit Mr. Noble first. He spoke to me only recently, and I told him that uh, I knew some people and I would send them along to speak with him. What was that second name? Sorry, Matthew what? Matthew Smiley. Okay, sorry. So when you say that the two uh, events were similar, do you mean that there was a, a locked room destruction Indeed. of collect collectible items? Yes. Was there also a murder attached in the neighborhood? No, well, not necessarily, not, not in the, on the second case. Uh -huh. Mr. Noble, it was the same night. And uh, both gentlemen claim that there's no way in or out uh, that seemed possible. Well, it might provide a distraction. If you don't mind me uh, asking, sir, were, did both collections have Assyrian artifacts? Yes. We have a connective uh, thread here. But all the collection was destroyed, not merely your Assyrian pieces. Is that correct? Well, as far as I know. I mean, I, I don't know the details. I'm sure that they both said that they were devastated by the destruction of their collections. It's a terrible loss, certainly. But uh, your friend, uh, Noble, didn't know this Tilbury Pine. No. No. It just happened to be a coincidence in space. It just happened to happen to take place uh, a, 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 also late in the evening on the same night. Not, uh, curious. not uh, half a block away from where he lives. And that poor fellow that was murdered, he might have just been a bystander witness. Maybe he saw them leaving the house. Who knows? It's certainly possible. Hmm. Could have just been out for an evening walk. You know, Mr. Noble is a gentleman, and his home is secure, I assume. 
oh, yes. normal circumstances. Do you have a sense of the uh, the uh, financial loss that that he experienced as a result uh, of this? I imagine a few of the things in his collection are priceless. And yet, presumably, he also had other valuables in the home that were untouched. It seems like nothing was stolen. That's bizarre. Uh, well, would he be expecting us this afternoon? Yes. Yes. Now, I'm sorry. Do we have a name on the uh, the dead body? Or that's... Yeah. Yes, Tilbury Mr. Price. Alan, Alan Tilsbury Pine. Thank you, sir. So please keep me apprised if, if this has anything to do with what's going on. It may or may not. It might just be a fluke. But uh, certainly it's a little bit of, bit of a mystery. If you do hear of other uh, gentlemen who have Assyrian collections that have been destroyed, let us know. Because this could be some kind of trend. It's probably a good, good idea to look in the newspapers and see what you can find. I think we'll do that. Would you like to hold a package for me for a week or two, Mr. Rayburn Price? No, never mind. Of course, if you need me to hold something for you. I was going to pawn off the statue on him, but I, we can't do that. You've probably discussed it with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Months ago, and f yeah. Yeah. No. Just an idle thought. But I'm bumping. Took me a second to get that one. <laughs> I wasn't even intentional. I was innocent. <laughs> An innocent error of speech. Um, all right, so uh, we'll take our leave of uh, Mr. Rayburn Price. Uh, do we want to make a decision about putting an advertisement in the paper before we hop up to Kensington and, and meet his friend, Mr. Noble? I probably want to talk to these guys first. Just in case I agree. something yeah. breaks loose. Yes, yeah, so we Fair might enough. get further information. All right. Feel like sounds like table. you're taking the statue tonight. I've had the thing so much in my house. I, I I almost made it its own room. Matter of fact, it was in its own room. Tell you what, I'll there take it go. this time. Belvedere made him a bed. Uh, no, I'll I'll take it. I'll take it. You guys, guys. Uh, in, uh, I'll take it. Well, I need still, to having, uh, still having trouble with the statue, are you? Oh, no. yeah. I, I forgot oh, you were yeah. still here. <laughs> I'm sure that he's, he's your patron. You guys have been talking to him about the problems. I'll take it. I'll, I'll take on the burden and I could do with a little more research with it. Thanks, Vadim. No problem. All right, so you leave Rayburn Price and uh, you head downstairs and uh, I'm, I'm assuming that you're going to head over to Mr. Noble's house. I'd like you to all do idea rolls. Oh, holy cow. Uh, oh, green. Oh, six. 88. I got a 10. It was a hot roll. Okay. Well, Fuller got an 01. So I am going to text you a message. Okay. Mr. Albright. 
You know, Reginald, when you were saying you were having those dreams, I uh, I just brushed it off thinking that you were just being weak, but you weren't. And now I can respect the uh, the discomfort and, and the just the constant haunting all day. You don't sleep at all. Or uh, sleep makes me more tired than before I slept. You know, and- guys... I've heard this name, Andrew Noble, before. Didn't the antique dealer talk about him? Mr. Swanshiger? I don't remember. I can't remember anything after all these nightmares. You know, you know Fuller, I think, I think you may be right on something there. I seem to recall, but I don't remember what he said. All right, so you guys get in your car and head on over to Mr. Noble's house. Uh, You drive into a very affluent neighborhood. Um, There is a three-story high townhouse, uh, very nice looking, very beautiful, and uh, with little gardens around it and a fence. Uh, And you park your car and get out. How, the neighbors right on either side or yeah okay front yard backyard uh there's not really a backyard there are side entrances who um who wants to go it's a fancy place yeah oh that's me all day i'll go up knock on the door all right it- in the meantime, are there any angles that uh, someone on the street could see the uh, house from, from where we're at? Oh, yeah. Literally? I mean, it's on okay. the street. It's London, so there's... Okay. And this is, this is it the street that uh, the murder occurred on? Uh, that's correct. Okay. Is there still any police presence? Uh, none. Is there anybody with a red turban on? <laughs> you don't see anybody with a red turban. I was about to make this real easy and real fast, but instead oh. I'll go knock on the door. Uh, you knock on the door after a couple of moments. A uh, um, uh, man who's obviously a servant answers the the door. He's about uh, oh maybe in his late fifties. He's got receding dark brown hair. He's weathered. He has sort of eagle like uh, features. He's tall. He's slim, and he's smartly dressed. Um, yes, sir. I help you. Hi, Felix Matthews. I'm here to see uh, Andrew Noble. Ah, Mr. Noble. Of course. Uh, please come inside. Thanks. Um, and he Thanks. takes you into a sitting room uh, and has you all sit. He, uh, Noble's not there at the moment. And he says, uh, I'll, I'll fetch the master. Please make yourselves at home. And he steps out and... Uh, after a few moments, um, a Mr. Andrew Noble comes in. Now, Andrew Noble is uh, mid-40s. Uh, he's got a, a rather large head of hair, um, very nicely combed. Uh, he's got a broad, waxed mustache, uh, but he has bags under his eyes, and it looks like he's not slept in a while. And uh, he steps into the room and he says, Ah, 
You must be uh, Teddy's uh, friends. Yeah, I'm Felix. This is Fuller, the Dame, Reginald, Cyrus. Ah, yes, yes. Please, uh, uh, did did, uh, Teddy tell you of my problems? Hey, he said somebody got in here and broke up your whole collection. Yes, it's uh, such a terrible, terrible loss. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, we can't figure it out at all. And now, before I, before I go on, I want to make sure that you understand I don't want the police involved in this. That's fine. We're not going to call the police. We got nothing. We got no reason to bring the police into anything. Matter of fact, we got some reasons why we really don't want them in here. So we're good. Don't sweat it. Uh, all right then, please. Uh, then I, th- I suppose the first thing I should do is show you the room. Yeah, you know, that'd be great. This they is now. Nobody, there was no. Uh, he was saying that there was no uh, evidence of anybody breaking in. It's just none whatsoever. Just cruised in. It's it's a complete mystery to me. Um, uh, uh, come with me. Okay. Uh, he says my uh, my collection is housed on the uppermost floor the third floor uh and uh he takes you up the stairs up the stairs up the stairs and uh uh he says uh, this on this on the right hand side this is my bedroom and this is my collection and he says um i keep the door locked i keep it locked at all times he says the only I, there's only one key and the key is uh, on my uh, watch watch fob says i have it right here and he unlocks, locks it, and he just shakes his head for a second. He says, brace yourselves, and he opens up the door. I've left it exactly as I found it. Um, you open up the door, the door opens, and the room is in utter chaos. It's a nice room, but there are uh, glass panel display cases that have been smashed and knocked over. Uh, there are broken pieces of pottery. There's, um, it's, it's as if somebody had taken a hammer and just started smashing everything in the room. Um, uh, there's an expensive carpet on the floor that's just littered with glass fra- fragments. Um, there are broken tablets of clay. There are torn papyruses. Uh, there are broken statuettes. Uh, that have been obviously flung against the wall and dented into the wall and then fell to the ground. Um, Does any of those statues look like the Naboo statue? No, most of the statues look like they're Egyptian. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, upon the wall, uh, the, the, the wallpaper, it looks like somebody dug their nails into the wallpaper and ripped it in such a way that it actually says something. It says, free me. And he says, uh, I, I, there's also Chinese stuff. He also collects Chinese stuff. So you notice that some of the bowls and things that are broken are Chinese. He says, so what happened was... Uh, somewhere around, uh, I'd say probably midnight, 
uh, I had gone to bed early. Uh, he says, I'm sorry, I just don't know where to begin. I'm just, I look at this and I'm just, just why, why would somebody do this? Um, let me start at the beginning. It's like, uh, uh, my wife, my wife, Susanna, she's not in the city. She's left. She's gone to Paris. I was going to join her there uh, on the uh, 24th. And uh, this happened the evening of the 23rd. Uh, I would have gone had I, we were on vacation. We were going to enjoy the, the pleasures of Paris. Uh, she had already left. I thought that, uh, that I would go to bed early, which I did because I was going to get up the next morning and then go to Paris. Um, uh, Withers, my manservant, he, uh, we had a one last drink for the evening and he retired to his room and I went to mine. Somewhere around midnight, I was awakened by this just terrible crashing noise. And I, uh, I immediately came running from my room and uh, I ran to my, the door of my collection and I realized that I didn't have my key, that it was on my nightstand. Uh, there was terrible noise coming from there, crashing of, of, of things. I, I didn't know what was happening, like an earthquake was going on, though nothing was shaking. I ran back, I got my key. I shouted for, for Withers to come up. Uh, I'm sure I woke him up. Uh, and I unlocked the door, and when I unlocked the door, this, this is what I found. I immediately thought somebody had come through the window. But as you can see, the windows are closed. They're, they're locked. The locks are quite sturdy. The paint has not been disturbed. Even the dust hasn't been disturbed on the windowsills. He says, the door was locked. I had the only key. I can't explain it. Is there anything missing? Nothing that I can tell. And was there anything you had just added to the collection? Well, nothing. Uh, he becomes very hesitant. You want to do a psych roll? Um, sure. Oh. Uh, yeah, give it a shot. No. No, I, I failed that. I, failed I think, though, that you can tell that he's extremely nervous at this point. And he says, well, there was a... I, I, my most recent edition was an Assyrian cuneiform tablet. Before that, there was a Coptic, an Egyptian Coptic vessel. I purchased that about 12 months ago. Um, now, I don't know if Teddy told you, but I don't always ask questions about where these things have gotten, come from, but it's understandable. I, 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 I it wasn't stolen. It's, it's still here. However, it's been broken into pieces. The money that I paid for it. Here's the thing that that kind of worries me is uh, obviously this 
something was here. I don't doubt that. Not for a second. Look at the place. It's absolutely trashed. Uh, I believe 100% that something was in here. And if there was no way out, then whatever was in here is still in here. Because nothing left. I don't understand. Most likely one of your pieces, one of your new additions. Maybe they came, maybe they had an effect on one another and you released some kind of curse. I don't even know if you believe in that kind of thing. Well, he, he looks at Cyrus and he's like, is he serious? Oh, I'm well, serious. Let, let me ask you a question. This tablet, um, do you, who, who, who acquired it for you or where did you get it? I, uh, I'm, I'm not at liberty to say that. Can I try to persuade? Oh, uh, you can try. Sure. I have a decent persuade. Let's see. 38 out of 47. So it would be a regular. Yeah. He's yeah. like, you know, uh, he says, you know, there's, there are other collectors who have had similar problems. Uh, uh, gentleman, uh, call a, a, a acquaintance of mine, Mr. Stanley Edgerton. Uh, he's also had a break in, uh, and also some of his things were broken. Well, the reason that I ask is, I might, and I introduce myself again. I'm Cyrus, uh, Cyrus Finley. I'm actually an explorer, I've been to Egypt, I've, I, and I look like if I'm looking around for some, you know, even though we're the only ones in the room, I acquire items like this. Me, you know, and the reason I asked who it was from is we're actually looking for some other Assyrian items. And there seems to be a group of miscreants that are attached to these items. And if the said item came from one of the members of this group, it might explain things. We might be able to go looking for who did this for you. Uh, but we're Finley. trying to put all the pieces of the puzzle together. If you're not honest, we, we can't help you. I well, don't Mr. care. Finley, you have to understand that I'm not a dishonest or deceitful person at all. I simply occasionally deal with people who are a bit hmm, sketchy. And uh, I don't want to cause them any difficulty because it uh, may ultimately cause me and some of my friends difficulty as well. Let me just say that uh, a museum porter's salary is not very high. Right. Understandable. Yes. Mr. Noble, uh, can I, do you mind if I... Do you mind if I step into the room? Oh, please. Feel free to look around. And and you said the new cuneiform the cuneiform tablet. You said it was broken. Yes. It's here. It looks like it's been smashed. Any way to piece it back together? Yeah, I sort mean, of. Not so much to repair it and display it, but just to see what it was. Um, just to kind of get an idea of what was on it, or what it spoke of. 
Um, it looks like Assyrian poetry. Um, nothing special. Flowers and rivers and flowing water. And then his other piece was, he said there was two pieces. Oh, well, he's got lots of pieces, but no, the last one that he purchased was an Egyptian Coptic vessel. It's smashed to pieces there. Mr. Noble, I uh, couldn't help but noticing that you're rather peaked. Have you been having bad dreams lately? Oh, only for, for the stress of this. Um, I've invested so much of my life in this. Understandable. It really is a horrific loss, uh, historically and personally, and I'm, I'm very, um, I'm very sorry for this intrusion. Uh, and without prying further uh, regarding the provenance of any of the items in your collection, neither this Assyrian cuneiform or the Coptic piece were from strangers, I assume. These are all people you've worked with before? Yes. I have a chat. And uh, was the cuneiform piece, did you have a translation of it as well, or did you buy it purely as a curio? I'd, I'd never gotten around. I mean, I'd only had it for uh, a couple of weeks. And I see you have uh, far Asian pieces and Egyptian pieces primarily. Did you have, uh, in, amongst the Assyrian items that you had collected, uh, did you have any uh, statuary or text regarding the god Nabu? No, I don't believe so. You know the figure of my speech, I assume. Oh, of course. The, the god of, of scribes, yes. That's the one. Possibly the because most popular we know god of the Assyrians. There have been other crimes in the, in the past year uh, regarding Nabu pieces, but if you didn't have one, then perhaps it's unrelated. Um, how you, you were home around midnight when you heard the smashing begin, you'd run yes. back for your key. How long do you think it took to wreak all this destruction? Perhaps a minute. A minute only to do all of this. Well, perhaps two minutes. I, I, I don't exactly, I was awakened by the noise. Quite. It was occurring while I was still in half asleep. And, Certainly. But, and uh, how long before you managed to get the key in the lock? How oh, long before well, that did you hear the last thing break? As, as you can see, the door is here and my room is right there across the hall. Uh, only seconds, I would say. So you heard a smash and then seconds later you opened the door. Uh, and so was, there, was there dust still? Oh, uh, yes, yes. I would say that there was still f the fluttering of my papyri. So it's really as though your thief fled through a wall or... Like a ghost. Like a ghost. I see what you mean about the windows. They seem quite sound. There is not... How long have you been in this uh, handsome domicile? Oh, years. So there's no possibility that there's some previously covered over door, window, <laughs> latch. A secret room. Wouldn't that be interesting? Room. But uh, right. yes, no, there's only the two rooms on this level. This Do you yourself 
feel as though this event was in some way supernatural? Or is that just too far-fetched? It seems far-fetched. It seems there must be some other clever way the person gained entry. It also seems, and he looks around the room, he says, it doesn't look like a robbery. It looks like a malicious, uh, ultra-vicious act of desecration. It seems very personal and as well as very violent. Um, when you unlocked the door and things were still settling, you had called for Withers, you said. Did it take yes. long for you to arrive? No, he came up the stairs as quickly as possible. And then well, the two of you inspected the damage or? Yes, he, he found me here. I was shaking, as you might guess, practically in tears. Um, uh, he wanted to call the police, but I told him no. Mm. And uh, listen, uh, I'll gladly pay you 500 pounds if you can find out who did this. Well, I'm, I certainly appreciate the uh, generosity of the offer. Uh, honestly, if we could figure out who was responsible, we wouldn't require any payment at all. Although, you know, we could make a, a donation to the club or whatnot. Well, I want um, you to be compensated for anything that you might do, but I just want this person brought to justice. Yes, uh, and and the the phrase in the wall, "Free me." I have no that, idea. You haven't ever been a barrister or judge or in any otherwise related to oh, people no. being imprisoned. I've I've got uh, I've never had to work a day in my life. Yes, I understand. It's yes. and I don't have enemies. I mean, some people have enemies. Yeah. I don't know of anyone who would be my enemy. A rival collector who might bear uh, you well, a grudge? There are definitely rival collectors who would look very jealously at my collection, but they wouldn't smash it. No, indeed. If you had the opportunity to take a piece or two or eight, why would you destroy them instead? It's really criminal. This Stanley Edgerton, how long ago did he have an incident? I'm not sure. I, I sort of heard that through the grapevine, but yes, Mr. Edgerton, uh, I, I believe that uh, that Theodore said that he had found a few others. He mentioned one to us, a Matthew Smiley. Um, oh, Mr. Smiley. That's someone you're acquainted with? I've, I've met him. He's like a, a man baby. He's rather um, spoiled. Mr. Noble. Wealthier than I am. Mr. Noble, question. Do you know the, that clay tablet? Do you know if it came from the Nineveh region? I don't believe so. Um, it's possible that, uh, that it's from uh, the collection of... And, uh, but... Uh, Yes, I don't. I don't believe that it's anything uh, that that valuable, hmm. Mr. Noble. Um, I am Prince uh, Vadim Kamatov. Um, I do have a few questions. Um, 
What other Assyrian artifacts did you have in your collection? Oh, not much. Most of my collection is Chinese. Mm. I think I, I'm more fascinated with the the Egyptian. It's the the, the Assyrian. Uh, my interest in the Assyrian uh, is, is only recent. Yeah. Uh, perhaps six months ago, I became interested. I had this little uh, this little clay jar. Here, here's what's left of it. He shows it to you. Mm. He says that's. Uh, I found that over there. And he points to that wall and he says, but I had it over here the, on the glass shelf. So it was symbols on it. Just designs. Okay. But there's not the same symbol that's on the bottom of the statue. Right. No. So it was just the tablet and the, the jar. Yes. 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 Hmm. Do you know of anyone else who, uh, in, in your circle of, of collector friends who uh, who has had problems or potential problems? Um, only the ones I mentioned. Mm -hmm. You mentioned Mr. Smiley and uh, I mentioned Mr. Edgerton. If, if there is some sort of bizarre vandal running about, but I don't see how he could have gained access to the room. I mean, I've read uh, the, the um, uh, what's the Edgar Allan Poe story? The, uh, the murders at the Rue Morgue? Yes, yes. Uh, but I, I thought of that, and the latches on the, the windows are, are closed, not broken. How recently, Mr. Noble, had you uh, looked in on your collection before these events? I'd actually looked in it uh, the morning before. Morning before. I because my concern is that you had a, someone gain entrance to the house, secrete themselves, commit this I, violence. I don't when you came in, they all were still hidden. And then when you first left, they somehow made their escape. That seems also far-fetched. I, I, yeah, I don't see that that's possible. Nobody's been in that room but me for months. Well, theirs doesn't go in and dust. I'm, I'm always afraid that he's going to break something. When you leave the house to go wherever you go, do you have the key with you? Absolutely. Could somebody have pickpocketed you? And re-pickpocketed this key back to me? It's, there's only the one key. Yes, I don't think so. We Just... will, of course, want the name of your locksmith. Uh, so that we can make an inquiry there, although I strongly doubt that that will be efficacious. But it is yes. something to follow up because it is a mystery you present us. I think we should. Um, uh, do, do you know roughly when you heard about the Edgerton uh, break in? Yes. Uh, let's see. I think Edgerton was robbed uh, back on the 8th. Not long ago at all. Um, so, you know, my hope, outlandish as it might be, is that if we speak to Mr. Smiley and Mr. Edgerton, we'll find some sort of pattern that makes this inexplicable situation more explicable. Mr. Noble, I understand how you come into 
possession of items that, shall we say, are not tracked. Uh, I'm just curious, did you by chance get this item from Mr. Carl Schwansteiger? Schwansteiger, the, the man at the, uh, the little antique shop. No, I didn't get it from him. He's a rather unpleasant fellow. Yes, he is. Uh, you didn't by any chance know an Archibald Glossop, did you? No, that name means nothing to me. I thought not. I'm going to know. Since I'm just milling about in the mess, I'd like to walk over to the window and look down and, and see what I can see from the window down so that I can kind of get an idea of what I would be able to see from the ground looking up into the window. Oh, great. Um, when you're looking down, you're actually looking down onto the street and that is uh, three, three stories down. And there's not a, there's not a fire escape or anything on the building. It's, there's no tree or anything that someone could, nobody would be able to see from the street what was in this room. No. That's really what I'm getting at. Okay. Now, Mr. Smiley, that poor chap that was assaulted and murdered uh, yesterday or the other day, how well, far yes, from- Yes, I heard about that. How, can you see that spot where he was found from this window? Apparently it was right right out there. And he sort of points that it's it's literally like one one house down on the street. And we could see from here, there? Or oh, is yeah. there any obstruction? No. I mean there's some bushes and things like that, but it's it's he says it was right there. That's where the police were. Alright. Um just just humor me and I wanna go downstairs and have him point like move to the left move to the right until i'm on the spot where it happened basically and i want to see the line of sight from the window or whoever felix or reginald whoever point you know look down from the window yeah i'll do that i'll stand in the window and look for you and when i'm about the room and when I'm on that spot, I want to, when they're like, okay, that's, that's where, you know, wave to me, I'll stop. And I want to do a very, you know, spot hidden on the ground, look for footprints, look for anything, 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 anything. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be footprints on the cops, but I don't know, maybe something was overlooked. Well, it's maybe. concrete, so there's not oh, really it's concrete. I bet is that Smiley was on the street and saw someone either coming or going. That's what I'm not, thinking not too. Smiley. That's it's not smiley, smiley but smiley. I'm thinking whoever was doing something, they did something in the room, whether they climbed in or climbed out, used magic, whatever the case may be, but from this location or from somewhere close to it. And then that's that passerby was walking and saw whomever the perpetrator was and they killed him. But I'm just trying to see. Yes, well, the one commonality is that there was a great deal of unnecessary violence, both in this locked room and on the street. 
I mean, the fellow wasn't just assaulted. He was brutally attacked and, and to the point that he died of his injuries. So, But his, but his feet weren't cut off. So it wasn't a ritual killing. It was a killing of necessity. Right. Perhaps an excess of the rage that was already happening. But yes, nothing like an intentional red turban affair. And Tom, I'm assuming I don't see anything out there on the concrete or around. You might but see some blood spatter. Stain. Blood stains, yeah. Now I just want to walk back below the window and look up and at the ground beneath the window, like maybe a 20-foot square looking up at the window if there's anything on the walls or anything on the ground around it maybe cigarette butt maybe you know just something do it do a spot hidden for me 14 which would be uh it's a hard not an extreme okay well as you look around and you look closer you realize that there's absolutely nothing <laughs> that indicates oh. anything. In fact, if the person climbed the building, you don't know how they could have climbed the building. There's not really any way to do it. So that leads yeah. me back to my first thought. All right. All right. So I'll just come back, knock on the door, come back up to the room. Yeah. Did the jar have a lid? Oh, uh, yeah, but it smashed too. I appreciate, gentlemen, that you all have such rational faculties, but it seems to me that we are already well aware of the fact that there are factors involved in this greater situation that are not rational. Well, I wasn't going to have that conversation in front of, and I point to Smiley. You point it's to Noble. Smiley. Noble. Noble. We haven't seen Smiley yet. Sorry. That's it's the question. Good. Do we want to visit Mr. Smiley or Mr. Edgerton next? after assuring Andrew Noble that we will be uh, actively in touch if we have any further queries or if we learn anything that can help you resolve this truly horrific and unnecessary violation of your home. What do you plan to do with uh, this mass, by the well, way? Now that you've seen it, Most of it belongs in the garbage at this point, but I'll salvage what I can. Some things can be pasted together, I think. I mean, a lot of them were probably in shards to begin with, so you can do a decent job of recovery. Still, it's, it's still a terrible loss. It's not the same thing, you know. <laughs> no. When you, when you get it um, boxed up, uh, will you, do you think you'll do repairs yourself or you'll take the items somewhere? I have no skills in that, yes. I, I'd have to get somebody to do it, but uh, I don't even, I haven't even thought about that yet. Yes, I, if, you, if you find a restorator, I'd be interested to hear what they had to say about what they found. And then I assume you'll have the walls redone and the room cleaned and the yes. windows barred. How old, how old a gentleman is Andrew Noble, by the way? Uh, 45. Okay. Plenty of time to accrue more interesting artifacts, really. Um, so, yes, unless anyone else has a question, let's uh, leave Mr. Noble to his recovery project and visit either Mr. Smiley or Mr. Edgerton. Oh, and I'm sorry, Mr. Noble, you can 
certainly perhaps give us a card for your acquaintance, Edgerton. Yes, please. That yes. we don't astonish him by showing up at his door. Yeah, so he does that. And uh, unless you have any more questions, Weathers will show you out. You can see that it looks like Mr. Noble is a beaten man. I mean, he's extremely sad and disappointed. Not to mention the fact that, I mean, you know, it's not just the, it's not just the collection. He's been violated. Somebody broke into his house and did this for malicious reasons. No other reason seems possible except for being malicious. All right. Here's a gold statue. <laughs> um, now on the on the car ride over, <laughs> on the car ride over, I want to we'll talk with the guys. I'll be like, when I went outside, there was absolutely nothing to climb up on. There was no trees, no fire escapes, no scaffolding, nothing. Now, being that we've all seen our dreams and our curse and there's some weird shit out there. Let's say there was somebody, well, one, there could be a poltergeist if you believe in that, or two, maybe there was somebody outside controlling, doing some sort of magic or something up in the room. This the man outside doing whatever he's doing and this poor fellow out for a walk, his nightly constitutional, sees this man and he had to be eliminated i mean i know it's a little far-fetched but i'm not i don't know i don't know about men uh manipulating in there because apparently there is definite message of free me in there free. which which does not make sense for someone to just come and even using supernatural means, commit hooliganism uh, to leave random message of free me. As much as I hate to say it, and maybe your your assessment of a poltergeist might not be too far off uh, in thought there. So it's not crazy to say that the items want to be freed. But he's I mean, not. He didn't have one item in that room that was left in place. So if let's say it was in that clay jar. If the clay jar is broken, wouldn't the entity be free? So what does he have that he's not showing us? Mm, or it could be that there was entity in clay jar. It got freed, but it's only in part. And uh, part, of, part of bigger poltergeist? Maybe. I'm just trying to make the connection between the writing on the wall, the damaged items, and the dead man. But here is the interesting thing, is that writing on the wall was, uh, was English. It was not, uh, it was not uh, Syrian. Like, let, uh, let's say that there was some spirit of a Syrian priest or something like that. It's kind of way out there. Right, right, right. Um, they would write free me in, in Syrian. They wouldn't really do it in English. So that's a very curious thing right there. Well, it's all curious to the point of being essentially impossible. Uh, I think that, you know, we need to find, we need to see whether the circumstances in the Smiley case and the Edgerton case are similar. 
right. uh, especially if there are deaths nearby that coincide with these acts of violence hmm. uh, or objects that are shared between them. My fear, given that I'm morbidly obsessed with that grotesque, evil little gold statuette, is that he's using these other people to demand that we free him. Mm. Let's not forget that we should see Carl because he knows Noble. And let's check the papers for the next. Well, we check them anyway, but let's make a specific check for any other bodies that might surface in and around the next two houses. Mm -hmm. Who's closer to Noble's place, Smiley's or Edgerton's? Uh, Smiley's. So shall we? proceed there and see what we what, how the two cases compare they could be totally dissimilar as far as we know Did but we would exercise we caution if uh, Smiley is half the uh, uh, affluent uh, nitwit as has been uh, described we need to tread carefully that's true but at least we know that uh, Teddy Ribbon Price knows him so we have an introduction no. So this uh, the last guy, <clears throat> excuse me, Mr. Noble. Most of his collection was Chinese. And then he just happened to start liking Assyrian shit six months ago. Is that, it's, it's, does that not strike you as odd? Well, the piece he acquired before the uh, cuneiform was Coptic. Who knows how much longer ago he'd gotten the Assyrian object, the, whatever other Assyrian object he had. Uh, I mean, again, I think that the Syrian Sumerian question is important, but I don't. Well, we let's keep it open mind. It's a it's a fair question. All right. I, I still say that he's probably hiding something that's a Syrian that he didn't want us to see. Well, he didn't seem to respond to the question of Naboo in a particularly odd way. If he, had, if he had turned sharply at that question, I'd be concerned. Uh, and also, I think he's very rattled himself. Oh, surely he is. Well, I mean, my own collection has, you know, isn't consistent, small as it is. All right, so you travel to uh, Matthew Smiley's house, uh, 41 Montague Square in Mayfair. Uh, there is a line of five-story terraced townhouses that look across on a small picturesque rectangular park. Uh, Smiley's property is uh, in the middle of the row. Uh, there is a large, uh, there is, a, you can see from the street as you pull up that uh, his front door is painted black. Uh, and the majority of the outside of his house is kind of a, a Victorian blues and, and multicolored. It's a fancy looking place. Um, as I say, five stories high. Um, so you all park your car and you get out of your car and what do you do? I always like, I, I gotta have you take over and tell me what you're doing. <laughs> Do you want to take, um, do you want to uh, storm the castle first again, Felix? You do make a good impression. Yeah. Yeah, fine. 
I don't think I'm very intimidating, so that'll work. Uh, Tom, can I just backtrack one second? Yes. That Egyptian item, was it a canopic jar or was it a Coptic item? It was a Coptic item, so it wasn't, oh, it was. a, it wasn't an ancient canopic jar, no. Okay, I misheard what you said. All right. All right. Uh, so, Felix, as you step, the, there's three steps leading up onto the porch. There's uh, pillars on either side. And as you approach his door, which, as I say, is painted black, uh, in the center of his door is a large brass um, door knocker. Uh, do you have... Uh, what, are you, what are your skills in... Uh, antiquities or history or whatever i have uh, history well i'm asking felix oh yeah that's this guy up here uh got uh i've got archaeology i have well roll your archaeology that that sounds good i've got history i've got decent history also okay. whichever one's better uh 44 on it's good on either one of them Okay, uh, it's a regular on archaeology or history. So, because of its brass color, you don't recognize it at first. But as you step closer to it, you realize that the brass door knocker is Anubis, god of the underworld. I like that. That's that's nice. Is there anything written on the Anubis knocker? No. I'm gonna say that again. <laughs> Anubis knocker. What big knockers you have. <laughs> that's, that's all right. Well, I guess I will use it uh, to knock on the door. Okay. When you do that, you can hear the clickety sound of uh, footsteps approaching. Like they sound like they're on marble floors. And uh, the door opens, and it's obviously the butler. Um, he is, it looks like he's in his late sixties. He says, uh, yes, sir. May I help you? Uh, yes, sir. I'm Felix Matthews. I'm here to see, I'm here to see Matthew Smiley. And you are? Still Felix Matthews. A friend of Ted Theodore Ribbon Price, of course. Oh? Do you have cards, gentlemen? Uh, yeah. I give him one of mine with the smiley face. Well, please one of mine. step into the foyer and uh, uh, please wait here. Um, I hope he doesn't think the smiley face as a, as a jab at his name. Ah, uh ha, ha. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he goes away for a couple of minutes. You look around. Uh, the, the the building's opulent on the inside. I mean, it's it's a it's a big place um, for for the fact that it's kind of shoved in like a townhome, in amongst others. Um, after a couple of moments, he comes back and he says, "Yes, gentlemen, please accompany me to the study." And uh, he takes you in, and sitting behind a desk is a rather fat. Uh, man, he looks like he's probably in his mid thirties. Uh, he has uh, curly hair, very curly hair, uh, and it's long. It drapes onto his shoulders and down his back, 
and because maybe he's because he's fat, uh, his face is very, very childlike and beaming and pudgy. And he has a single thin little pencil mustache. And uh, he smiles and he says, and, and who are you? What can I do for you, please? Hi, Mr. Smiley. I'm Felix Matthews, a friend of, of, of Rayburn Price. Ah, Mr. Price. Yes, he's a lovely man. What can I do for you, gentlemen? They said you were quite the collector of, uh, of antiquities and that maybe so you had had an incident happen here. Oh, jeez. Yes, of course. What a horror that was. It was as if a madman had just come in with the intent to destroy everything beautiful. You had a you had quite the collection then. Ah uh, yes yes, I had it in in my my room upstairs, uh, my private collection. Oh, it's quite beautiful. It was. Is it still? It's not still, just sitting up there destroyed though, or is it? A few pieces have survived. No, but we've cleaned it up. I can show you what I have, if you wish, but uh, what a horrible thing. Are you, why are you interested? Are you looking into it? We are. We're looking into it to see um, see if we can figure out what happened and who destroyed everyone's collections around oh, Well, I'd like you to find that person, bring him here, and let me beat him to death for what he's done. We'll definitely put you on the list because I think there's going to be a lot of people that want to do that same thing. Oh, there are others? How horrible. There are. There are horrible. Well, please, please come with me. And uh, he takes you up the stairs. This time you're on the first floor because I'm British and the first floor. (laughs) Takes you up to the first floor and... uh, down a hallway, and it's a long hallway, and you can see that there are three rather ornate doors going down the hallway on the right-hand side. And he opens up the first one, and it opens into a rather large room that's completely empty. Um, uh, and uh, he says, this was the first part of my collection. And then he walks to these big double doors that obviously lead into the room next door, uh, which has got a few tables and a, a chair, but it's completely empty too. And then he goes to the next big double doors. So these three big giant doors all make this into one big room, more or less. And there's a table that he's got and uh, a couple of uh, uh, little little round tables and a couple of pieces of pottery and there's a little Egyptian statue and there's a lot of broken things that have been laid out on the larger table. He says, this alas is all that is left of my magnificent collection. All three of these giant rooms were filled? Yes, with so much beauty. I only let people in here during parties, you know. I kept it locked up tight. Each each room, by the way, has a big window. But it's like not the kind of window you can open. It's a big, you know, fancy window. He says, it's, it's, it was a disaster. It was all smashed, all smashed. 
and there was let me i'm just gonna go on a limb here and 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 guess mr smiley that uh there was no evidence of anyone entering or exiting none whatsoever the doors were all locked now were you here when it happened yes yes but i was asleep yeah, did it wake you? It sounds. It seems like there was a lot of crashing going on. No, but it woke my servant Jones. Do you remember about what the, time it was? Yes, it was. Uh, <laughs> it was. It was on the evening of the sixteenth. You see, and I. Uh, I had. Uh, I had been drinking. I like port very much. It's my favorite. And I had been drinking, and I had gotten rather, rather drunk. And I, uh, I went to bed. Jones put me to bed. And uh, uh, after I had fallen asleep, uh, Mr. Jones tells me that in the middle of the night, started from the time. Uh, he heard, a, he heard a large crash, and uh, he came to find that all of the doors were locked. And he, uh, he tried to wake me, but uh, I was not having any of it. And so he waited until the morning, and uh, once I had woken up, he told me of the horrible disaster. I cried. I cried for days. I think it was around one o'clock, he said, in the morning, that he heard the, co the commotion. Now, he has a rather broad imagination, if you will. He thought perhaps a demon had entered the house and uh, attacked his collection, the, the collection. He says, but uh, that seems... That seems a bit ridiculous. Obviously, somebody just with malicious intent wanted to destroy my collection. Was there anything scrawled into the wall or clawed any kind of message? No, nothing like that. Hmm. Did you have any Assyrian artifacts there? Yes. Uh, one of the prize of my collections, I had just acquired four magnificent cuneiform tablets. I was told that they were from the uh, the recent digs in oh. Nineveh. Uh, they were acquired by uh, Mr. Thompson Campbell oh, in from the museum. 1919. Uh, it was all very hush-hush, but uh, I, uh, I thought they were magnificent. He says, there they are right there. They've been smashed into pieces. Disastrous. Mr. Smiley, you're unusually well-informed, but I'm suitably impressed. Um, would Do you think that the recently acquired pieces, the Assyrian ones from that, quiet dig. Did you acquire them as a lot? Yes. And I, them all together. I was, it was quite, 
quite quite excited about it. And that acquisition was it uh, from someone you had worked with in the past? Um, yes, you know we all have our have our connections, and uh, uh, that's also why I didn't involve the police. You understand? I do. I do. You're not the only one in that position, as it happens. Um, you don't have any reason to think that uh, the individual from whom you acquired the pieces might want to, say, increase the market value by destroying other oh, works. That's, that seems ridiculous. Now, okay. now you've said that you've, you've spoken to other people that have had this problem. Who? Of course, we must be very discreet about that matter um, for similar reasons that regarding what, that you didn't call the well, police. I'm not, I'm not going to tell anybody. Why would I tell anybody? I'm just curious to know who. We've only spoken to one gentleman, and that was in part because of a, a very vital related matter that I'd like you to tax your mind about for a moment. You see, uh, the most recent destruction of artifacts that we're aware of occurred simultaneously with a violent death on this very same street. Neither you nor Jones know anything about there being an act of violence committed the night that your magnificent collection was destroyed, do you? None that I know of. Oh, that's very fortunate. That's very fortunate. Um, do you think we might speak to Mr. Jones? About what he recalls? Well, I've told you everything that he knows, uh, I suppose. Jones! He yells. I'm just curious how long it took to, to cause all this devastation to so many beautiful and rugged antiques. As I say, I wasn't awake for it, but... Yeah, that's why I thought Jones might help. Yes, sir. May I help you? Of course. Um, these men want to ask you some questions. Of course, sir. We appreciate your time, Mr. Jones. Uh, from the... Were you awake when you first heard the disruption that uh, caused all this? Yes, sir. I heard a, a large uh, crashing sound, and I immediately, I, I, I must admit, and he looks over at Smiley, and he says that I thought the master was stumbling about. He has been in the front or the back of the house. Do you have an idea of what thing was broken first? Was there like a heavy thing, like a sarcophagus that might have? Well, stumbled? I I don't I don't know for sure. As I say, I thought that the master was stumbling about, and so I came upstairs to put him back to bed, and that's when I realized that there was a tremendous noise coming from within the master's collection. Uh, the doors were all locked, and I I thought perhaps he had gotten inside somehow uh i i began to uh, uh try the doors to see if one of them was unlocked because I, I don't know why he would go inside and lock himself inside and that's when i saw it since there was a great black shadow it was in the hallway. I thought at first it was the light playing, but 
it moved differently than than everything else. And when I turned on the hall lights, it was still there for a moment, moved across the room and down the hallway, and it was gone. The smashing noises had stopped, and I tried very hard to run upstairs and see if the master was there, and he was asleep. I tried to wake him, but he was too inebriated, and I had to wait until the morning. It was some sort of phantom. Did this shadow have a shape? Ah, it was just a shadow. It was a thing of pure evil, if you ask me. And he crosses himself. I appreciate your your, uh, alarm, Mr. Jones. And I also appreciate your honesty, of course. uh, You know, it's hard sometimes to tell tales that seem so unlikely. But really, it was just a shape of darkness. No limbs, no eyes. It didn't look like anything. And Smiley's like, yes, yes, yes. Magic ghosts from the darkness, but... And, And this phantom, did it disappear down or up or away or just disperse? It, it seemed to move down the hallway towards the stairs. Towards the stairs. Most curious. And uh, just to be sure, uh, Master Smiley didn't recall anything, but I'd like to see if you do. You didn't hear or read about any violent crimes other than that on that night, did you, Jones? Not that I can recall. There's always violent crimes going on. Nothing in particular. Can Very we... good. You've been quite helpful. Sorry. I was just going to oh. say, can we look at the walls to see if there was something scratched in them, like at the uh, last location? You can. And what you find, though, is indentations uh, from things being thrown at them. But you don't find any anything written in the walls or, or anything like that. Mr. Smiley, one more, one more thing, and see. And if you can't remember, that's fine. I, I don't. I know how it is. You don't want to tell us where you get your items, and that's perfectly fine. But do you remember how many were available of these cuneiform tablets when you, or did you buy the entire collection of the cuneiform tablets? Were there only four, or were there more? Well. You understand my discretion. I don't want to reveal. Absolutely. Uh, this fellow occasionally contacts me with items that he has acquired and uh, asks me if I'd like to take a look. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this case, there were just the four cuneiform tablets, and I, I took advantage of them. I realized immediately that they were uh, that they were of some importance. That they were. Uh, possibly from the uh, Royal uh, Library of Asurbanipal. And uh, I thought, what an opportunity. And I knew that their source uh, was was a legitimate one if it came from a secret dig. Right. Uh, I just didn't know if it was like volume one through four of a set of maybe 20 or maybe there's 10 of them total. Well, the... uh, 
the Assyrians didn't exactly work that way. And he goes into like a 15-minute monologue about the history of Assyria and how they did things. And, and you can tell that he's an extremely intelligent, well-educated. He knows a lot about it. And he, he says this with just such great love and, <laughs> you know. Now, I want to look at, look at him when I say this, and I want to be like, oh, you got him from Guido. And see and if he has. He looks at you and he's like, I, I don't know who you're talking about. And no reaction at all. No. All right. Just, just thought just it might have been. Look as to what are, you, what are you talking about? And I just go, you know, oh, and, you know. <laughs> worth a shot. He was so happy telling his story, Cyrus. And, he and told the whole thing. <laughs> shit all <over> his story. <laughs> But and and he he's probably begins to ramble a little bit about some of the Egyptian stuff. He's got a beautiful statue of Bastet that actually survived the attack, and he's so happy about that. And he's he does have some Assyrian jewelry that managed to survive. And there's a couple of uh, Egyptian bowls that were broken, but he thinks they could be fixed. And any jars? Do you, do you get any of the small jars? And and yeah, I mean he's had just about anything you can think of. And he says that it it took uh, it took uh, over a day to took almost a week to clean up the mess, broken glass everywhere. And Mister Smiley, would you mind if I looked at the at the tablets? Of course. Now, when I look at them, are they? They look like they're another a set from the same that I just saw at Noble's house when I put that one? No, they're quite a bit different. Okay. Um, it's actually it's actually kind of, um, they're a lot bigger and thicker, and they look like they actually survived pretty well, except that they were broken into pieces. It looks like they could be fairly easily put back together. Um, do, you, do you, can you read Cuneo for them? No. Yeah. No, but I'm sure somebody here does. They. I think Acadian is also written cuneiform. Right. So I could not read it cleanly, but I could ascertain something about the content. I only have a 31 in Acadian, mind you. Okay. Why don't you roll Acadian? Forty-seven. I don't think I can push that either, and it's a lot of luck. They look yeah. like, they look authentic. They definitely else. look like they were scribed by a different person than the the ones that you saw at the other place. Um, and also, assuming you know, with a decent archaeology number, you know, I would notice that they were the clay was slightly different, and yeah density and stuff so yeah. these definitely look like you were in better condition at one point and uh this the scripting is is finer and we've also got an impression that mr smiley is well informed enough that just the fact that he knows about the 1919 dig means that we can sort of source these to that with a degree of confidence which means we really want to know who his source is I think we already know who his source is. That's the thing. 
we know where Could, you got him. Who do you think? Thompson. Uh, I mean, just just us talking, not to uh, not out in open. Right, not in front of him, but in right. the car later. Yeah. Well, I actually think, once you have more questions for him, that this is a good spot to break, so to speak. Yeah, we're not going to get to the third one, so. No. All right. Well, we'll stop there. And uh, if you have any more questions for him, you can ask him afterwards. But we'll assume then that you've let you leave, having obtained whatever information you can. Our players included Jason Melnichok, John Byram, Ford Finch, Jerry Bryant, and David Gasway with yours truly is the keeper of the secrets. We're currently producing up to five shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. The costs involved with the show are provided almost entirely by our patrons, without whom we wouldn't be able to do what we do. If you'd like to support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar or two a month helps us a lot. You can find a link in the description below. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch that bell icon for updates on our latest shows. And leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of a gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure in the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck. Good gaming.